Welcome to the Smoke and Rope Podcast, the show that brings together Michigan's top cannabis growers, advocates, and business owners to offer a fresh and honest perspective of Michigan's cannabis industry. Stick with us to get the lowdown from the people who have been on the ground floor of cannabis business in Michigan and gain insights into where the industry may be heading. Welcome to the Smoke and Rope Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Basor. Today is episode 74 with returning guest Josie Scoggin from all types of fame, but most recently Great Lakes Expungement Network and Sons and Dodgers United. Uh, Josie, thanks for being on. Thanks for having me. Thanks. I'm so excited. Um, you know, we're working this year with Redemption in so many ways, but specifically for our sixth annual holiday drive. That's the load I got back here. So I'm excited to talk about that. Um, also, all my favorite friends are here. I hope Kevin talks about his experience with the network. Yeah. Um, thanks for having me. I'm really excited. You got it. You got it. That's a sweet backdrop you got going there, too. And show everybody your uh, your coffee mug. Oh, yeah. Look at this. I thought it was Bill Shooty at first, but... Eh, Thrift Store we... Edition, yeah. 2010, my 10th grade year. I got this as a... Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, uh, with me today, as always, uh, well, not as always, but thankful to have uh, Tom and Kevin here today. Uh, Tom, what's going on in the uh, the snow belt? Well, Ryan, it is snowing in the snow belt currently and always, <laughs> apparently. Winter yeah. is here, but it's about to go away next week and turn into the mud belt. Okay, I didn't even uh, check the forecast. That's great. Uh, uh, Kevin, down here with me in Lansing, what's up? Not much, man. Just uh, running around. Uh, super excited to have Josie on and to, yeah, to talk about expungement. Um, yeah, I just went through it all and I'd love to talk about it and hopefully we can get some other people on board and get some donations as well. I know we got some things coming up and yep. uh, so uh, yeah, looking forward to, to talking with Josie. It's always a great time. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, we got a lot we can talk about. I'm sure the, the 30 minutes is going to go fast. We got a lot going on. Been talking and seeing Josie a lot lately, which is always a bonus. And so I, I know for people that uh, didn't see the uh, the first episode with, that Josie was on, uh, for people that don't know, Josie, and you correct me if I'm wrong, you were the first uh, under 18 minor patient in the state of Michigan ever for medical marijuana. Um, is that, is that yeah, right? Yeah, so I got my medical marijuana license when I was 14. I was the first minor patient in the state of Michigan. Yep. Um, my geneticist had sat me down in November, right after, uh, literally right after we had passed the bill, November 2008, and was like, Josie, would you like to use medical marijuana? And I was like, oh my God, this guy drug tested me? What's going on, you know? <laughs> um, but what was happening was my mom had been reporting using marijuana since the 90s. And despite having a terminal illness, um, we were misdiagnosed up until 2015 uh, with a disease that had a time stamp of, um, you know, by 18, we would be a vegetable, by 30, um, we would you know be dead and there would be no chance to have children the white picket fence the everyday job situation was never um in the cards for my mother or for myself at least that's what we were told by doctors um my mom using marijuana in the 90s and being terminally ill meant nothing right she's still a drug user that's what it was um and the people that provided her with medicine were drug dealers um, but it didn't stop her from telling every single doctor she had ever met that she was smoking marijuana consistently all the time. And they were like, well, maybe you want Marinol. And she's like, yeah, I want that too, you know? <laughs> um, so when I got my card, the doctors, we, nobody really knew what was going on, right? So we were calling every day, literally every day, 
Um, we knew it went into effect, you know, six months later. Like, when do we get the forms? There's no way that it goes into effect the same day that you get the doctor forms, right? But that, that's exactly how it went. Um, so in April, we filed and um, I had to have two doctor certifications, just like you do now. Although it was, I had no issue. My uh, rheumatologist was like, Josie needs medical marijuana. Here's why. Um, my geneticist was like, this has been helping with her mother. And, and also at the time, uh, something that a lot of my friends don't know in the industry is that I was very able-bodied. I played soccer and basketball and a whole variety of things until about seventh grade. So I lost my ability to walk. It was a two-week process um, where my legs just felt weird. And then I would tell them to move and they wouldn't move. Um, being in seventh grade is difficult as it is, but the, being in seventh grade um, and experiencing a total loss of mobility um, is something that I think was difficult on its own, separate from from the physical issues. Um, so when I found out that not only was like, and, and we didn't know, right? I'm from Indiana, like I'm five miles from Indiana. The weed I was smoking was smuggled in in gas cans. I was smoking brick weed. We had no idea. The first six months of my medical marijuana use, my mom made me eat dry buds. Yeah. <laughs> didn't know. You know, there was no, yeah. it was 2009. There was nothing. There was no, um, there was one documentary that my mom had watched. She had paid, my mom doesn't do like pay-per-view, but she had paid like real money to watch this video of people growing pot in California. Um, and I think that there's two portions of this, right? There's seeing people that look like you, that have the same issues of you, having the same problems, but finding solutions to them legally right like hey maybe this will work for me um but then also it was this validation for my mom to find other people who also were just drug users who found relief from cannabis um and so being the first minor patient in the state of michigan was challenging in that point um and something that we talk about a lot when we talk about caregivers right uh here in the state of michigan if you're a minor patient your parents have to be your caregiver yep now my mom was a pot smoker but she wasn't a goddamn criminal she'd never grown a plant in her life and her first i hope she's not watching right now her first dozen or so grows sucked i mean it was awful give me the gas can weed you know um and it wasn't helpful and it wasn't medicinal and we didn't know what the fuck we were doing and also my mom was disabled as well she can't reach the goddamn ground she can't reach the shit um so we started going to travel we traveled all around the state to compassion club meetings uh, we went as far up as um, like Mount Pleasant. We went to Detroit. And then these are all places that are three or four hours away from our house. Mm-hmm. And we were like, uh, my mom was just like, my, my daughter needs medical marijuana. I don't know how to grow it. And everybody was like, here, I'll help you. We met Gersh Avery. He taught my mom how to make oil. <laughs> Changed my life. Yeah, no, I, that's that's incredible. And I, I remember, um, you know, I had... Uh, I was on a different path right around that then time, but I, I first knew you came into my 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 uh, stratosphere um, when I got out of prison, and right when I got out of prison, and that's right when MI Legalized 2015 was hitting, and uh, I see see it launches and Josie's everywhere, and like so then I, I I got to know that, and since then obviously we've uh, we've done um, a lot of a lot of fun stuff together and uh what we're doing now has been incredible you've been doing all the the heavy lifting i thank you for that but i wanted uh, i don't even know where to start why don't we start with what we're doing um with the great lakes expungement network and what we did there uh josie did uh, a lot of heavy lifting and has got us where 501c3 
uh, nonprofit. Um, we've expunged uh, 350 records with many, many more. We've, uh, we're working on that. And the idea was we're going to do this and, and you know that there's the state and you know, county, you see, and you see uh, General Nestle doing some, but like for a lot of people, they don't, they don't trust the cops and the, the government still and believe it. So we've been a great, a great asset for that. You go to greatlakesexpungementnetwork.org and, and uh, there's a form you fill out. And if uh, you will respond, we got great volunteers, especially uh, Amanda and Crystal. And, you know, like we'll, we'll go ahead and get it, uh, get it expunged if it's possible, free of charge. And, um, you know, we've had great, uh, great attorneys, specifically uh, a lot of the heavy lifting has been done by Josh Covert and Paul Talinda. So, um, Josie, thank you for all that. We got a lot more to talk about, but why don't, um, why don't we ask Kevin, because Kevin went through the process, what it was like, and then Josie and uh, Tom, you tell us your thoughts on it. Yeah, so um, we, we had a, a podcast earlier this year, and we talked about expungement uh, with Josie, and then when we got off the, uh, the call, uh, Josie and I continued to talk a little bit about uh, my criminal history and getting my uh, record expunged. And so uh, that process, I believe we started earlier in the summer, but I actually ended up meeting with Barton Morris. Um, I believe it was in like August. The courts are kind of tied up with all the COVID stuff and behind. And so things are moving a little bit slower than, than, uh, than normal. But um, in August, I met with Barton Morris, went down, uh, met with his people and filled out some paperwork. They basically submitted that to uh, the county in which I reside in and where the charges were were uh, filed. And um, they have the the choice in that municipality whether or not they uh, want to hold a hearing and dispute uh, the the expungement or if they just want to sign off on it and call it a day and have it removed from your record, which ended up being the case with me. And um, I think it was maybe what, Josie, two or three weeks ago that, that we got noticed that uh, that my my uh, my my uh, Livingston County had signed off on my expungement, and that uh, those those marijuana charges won't be on my record any longer. So um, it was a smooth, easy process. Met one time with with Barton Morris uh, again. Um, the Great Lakes Expungement Network and Sons and Daughters United took care of all the expenses um, for it, and um, yeah, it's 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 awesome. And I and, and I encourage anybody that that is that is that is. Uh, questioning whether or not they should do it and and, and it, that it's going to be a headache or any of that stuff. It's not. It's easy. And uh, you guys make it really easy for for us to get it done. So thank you. That's amazing. So um, let's highlight on two things here. Number one, first and foremost, what happens in medical in these misdemeanor marijuana crimes, especially in these small rural counties like Livingston County, sets precedence for every single time we file a misdemeanor marijuana complaint or expungement in that in that uh, court what happens is if they can't contest it unless what they can prove that you're committing a crime that what you were doing would be a crime after december 6th of 2018 there's only two crimes here in the state of michigan for marijuana at this point you know smoking marijuana while driving or giving marijuana to a minor you don't have any cases like that i don't think um, I've ever seen a case where somebody gave marijuana to a minor and that was like what they were coming for an expungement for. Um, a lot of courts are interpreting that as, hey, what they were doing is illegal, right? So like they'll, they'll contest something because this kid was 18 when he did it. It's not legal to smoke pot when you're 18. Or this guy had six pounds of marijuana, Josie. Like that's a crime, but it's not a crime. It's a civil infraction. Um, so in Kevin's case, he was in a rural county. He, they, if 
we um, had to open the communication and just be like, hey, just a reminder that what you have to prove if you contest to this is that he was committing a crime after 2000, after you know December of 2018. Um, and what we've seen is like, we did this in Cass County, Cass County contested, we went to court, the judge was like, why are you wasting me time with this? We've had contested, we sent the next one in, every other one we send in, good to go. Nice. So I think it's important to highlight Kevin's um, trailblazerness of this for everybody, all my friends in Livingston County, who's like, wow, that was quick and easy. And we going a little bit further, right? So the understanding that um, you do have to have a, a marijuana crime to ex to participate in our network, we still do expungement um, eligibility screenings for anybody in the state of Michigan. The idea is that every single person in the state is burdened by with a criminal record or with people who have families that have criminal records are burdened by that criminal record. Um, and it benefits literally nobody, regardless of um, it being, if it's something trivial like marijuana or something a little bit more difficult, um, like the new DUI bills, which are coming, we'll be able to start expunging things for uh, first time and only time, one time DUI offenses, um, February, uh, late February of 2022. So this will be something where a lot of our friends are like, hitting um, a wall where they can't expunge anymore because they run into an unexpungible offense. And in approximately three out of five of those times, it is a DUI. Um, and so I'm really excited that Ke this is like Kevin's last Christmas as a criminal. So congratulations <laughs> on that. Um, yeah, I'm just wondering if they're going to take away my, my social equity discount on my licensing fees now. Going to get back at is uh, we talked to Brisbane about it because we were concerned. Some of our friends are like, uh no thanks i don't care if people knew i smoked pot in 2006 um and so we talked to brisbane about it and you still are eligible for your social equity even if you expunge your criminal record so you can excellent i'm gonna do it and eat it too. Um, Great news. i told tom at the at the break he needs to catch a uh, a marijuana charge have you expunge it and that way he can get a social equity discount you know, challenge accepted <laughs> i actually don't suggest that in um in Calcasco, right kind of hard to get one what would you be doing yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i have a few ideas yeah. in cold water there's a woman in her 70s um who has got just too many plants and she's facing um some very serious charges um so the idea that you you can't isn't real in all of these rural areas um and that's where we see a lot of these people that are that need expungements right are in these places with these cowboy sheriffs um, and so I, my heart really does go out to you guys in Kalkaska, um, in Livingston. Do you have any estimates as far as how many people may be eligible for expungement under what, so you know, the, currently um, as it stands? The Detroit Free Press said about 25,000 people in the state of Michigan are eligible for marijuana expungement. Um, in 2023, we will see automatic expungement. So all my friends are really excited about it because they feel like 2023 is really coming up quickly. Um, I just want to remind everybody that it's December of uh, 2023 that we're expected to get the rules on that. Um, and that the automatic expungement process is already kind of grim from the beginning, right? So no more than two felonies, no more than two misdemeanors, no assaultive crimes, um, no crimes that are punishable by more than 10 years. 
Just a reminder that Michigan has some of the worst and most criminal um, drug laws in the entire nation. Um, and that just simply possessing any controlled substance besides marijuana, something like, um, I, I wouldn't even go into that, but it was 20 years. <laughs> so a lot of our friends who struggle with addiction will never see this, regardless of what level of redemption they're in. Um, and I think that's something that I, I sympathize with a lot. And we're working with um, our friend Sean McCann and, uh, and Kalamazoo to get something introduced to fix that so that you can expunge um, nonviolent offenses that are punishable by more than 10 years. And when we're looking at the statue of things that are not eligible for expungement, um, that are punishable by more than 10 years, it's only drug offenses um, and, and of course uttering and publishing. And so it's something where all these blue collar crimes and you could punch your neighbor in the face, not suggesting this, but you can punch your neighbor and do 93 days in jail. I can expunge it in five years. But if you um, get caught with some mushrooms at a party and that happens more than one time, or you get a bunch of that, two of those charges on one night, you're stuck with the felony forever. Um, well, that's part of the problem of treating, you know, drug possession or addiction <clears throat> as a legal issue rather than a health and public health issue in this country. Right. Um, and we see this in all over the all over the state, all over the nation. Um, really, in all different walks, of every country is where we see people who are losing their children, their loved ones, their families to addiction. Um, but they're not coming out and saying, "Hey, wait, drugs are bad." They're saying, "Hey, wait." the system and the imprisonment and the way that we are monitoring these, the war on drugs isn't working, right? Um, and I think that, I won't get into this on the show, but I think that cannabis culture and the cannabis industry is the beginning of that, right? But it's sure. much bigger. Um, the idea that we have the right to possess our bodies and to um, do things safely isn't really something that anyone sees and so expungements are really hard for our friends who have drug offenses yeah well it's it's been incredible josie and and you know we're we really kind of built a built the ship and the machine this year and like like i mentioned you know besides you know josh and um you know paul and bart and it helped kevin we had um, sean gallagher's helped out there's uh there's other attorneys uh on the west side I, you know but you've been it's been it's been pretty amazing um but with that i wanted to talk about of course sons and daughters united um your, your nonprofit you've had i believe since 2012 or t uh right around there that's right but i just know that's when the hat the devals went to prison so that's when i was guessing and then um um, and then tell us, and then tell us, tell us about what we're doing with the, uh, with the, uh, the shopping, uh, after that, please. Um, yeah. So. so I incorporated in 2014, um, like a lot of our friends in the nonprofit world, I ran around and, um, raised money for my friends, tried to do stuff for about a year. I met Ashley Duvall on the steps of Lansing and she had a petition in her hand and she was screaming, they talking about her dad being incarcerated and. I went and met her and she was paying all his credit card bills and it cost her like $300 a month to talk to him and, and things were difficult. Um, so it was weeks before my 18th birthday, I had sent Ashley a check to go to, or before my 19th birthday, I had sent Ashley a check to go see her dad for Father's Day. Um, Ashley's a goddess in every way and if there's anybody who is 
undeserving of the hand that was dealt, it is the DeWall family. Um, After that, sons and daughters took off. Uh, The idea that we were um, providing this resource, which has never been done, right? People's loved ones are incarcerated and they have to pay out of pocket to pay for, to talk to them. There were really no accessible organizations here in the state of Michigan that paid for that. Um, so we, that's what we were doing. We were paying travel expenses. We were paying, paying stationary JPay payments. Um, we've expanded that to do every jail incarceration facility and ICE facility in the United States, um, including juvenile det- detention centers. This is a very hard program to run because all states, um, all programs, all prisons are different. The costs are different, um, but the need is the same, right? So uh, it was probably... 19 when i got tagged in a facebook post this lady's house got raided they shot her dog in the front porch her kid was taken by cps her accounts were frozen her husband of 20 years was um incarcerated at the time she had heard that somebody existed (laughs) that could help her contact her um her husband at the time i didn't have a bank account so i went down cedar i don't know if you guys remember when just there was a hundred fucking dispensaries on Cedar Road or on Cedar in Lansing, but I went down oh, yeah. Cedar and I just started knocking on doors and I went to uh, Helping Hands. Rocky gave me $500. I drove to Detroit. I gave it to this woman who I found on her hands and knees, scrubbing the blood from her dead dog that had been shot in front of her child due to a marijuana police raid. At that point, I knew what Sons and Daughters was. I knew what we were going to do. I got on my hands and knees and I scrubbed the blood from from her front porch in the middle of this house of a woman that I had met for approximately three fucking minutes. Um, it was the moment for me, right? And what we were going to do. Uh, this year I called Ryan about a year ago and I said, Ryan, people are dying in prison from COVID and nobody gives a shit. And I want the world to know And everybody told me to call you because you can help me fund my COVID campaign. And he said, Josie, everyone, I want to start an expungement program. And everyone told me to call you because you can help me get it done. So we started working together and we found out that we have the same goal, right? So in 2022, we are um, teaming up together to expand this program and to reach more families to do this um, more often and a big part of uh, the Family Connection Grant is our holiday season. So this is our sixth annual holiday drive. It started with Jamie Fricky and her mission to save the world. All of our friends have been raided. Um, their accounts were frozen, same goddamn thing. Their kids were traumatized. They had nothing for Christmas. Um, Jamie solicited all the donations herself. We went out and bought it and that was the beginning. Um, today we bought, we have 17 families um more than we've ever had from every area of the state um we've collected over 530 gifts and we tie each one of these gifts to our connection grants so each one of these people are either disabled and we'll get to that grant in a minute or they're incarcerated they have a loved one that's incarcerated once you're enrolled in this and you have an incarcerated loved one we continue to pay um, up to twelve hundred dollars a year for you to communicate with them um at least three of my families have incarcerated loved ones for the next 10 years. And this is a program that they will be enrolled in, um, assumingly for that forever, for that time. I have long-term clients that we've had for years. Um, 
And so with the help of redemption, we're taking this really a step further. The other portion of the grant um, is for people with disabilities. So in the spirit of Renee Emery Wolf, which I think um, we all know and remember fondly, she had MS. Um, she smoked a joint about this fucking long. She says, um, in the legislator building, she took some very serious, powerful steps at Hash Bash in 2009, um, getting out of her wheelchair for the first time in, in, in almost 10 years. And she also was a part of a sting where they sent another guy in a wheelchair to her house to buy a quarter of weed um, and then arrested her for it. And they found out quickly that taking a paraplegic to jail is expensive and difficult um, and not something that was in their best interest. And in the spirit of her, we launched the Renee Wolf Emory, uh, the Renee Emory Wolf Grant, um, which gives people one-time cash payments for things to help them with their disabilities. So it's everything from doctor's appointments to medical equipment. Um, back in the day, before I really understood the laws and the IRS, don't kill me, but I was giving out pot like all the time. <laughs> like I was just going and finding pot for people that needed it, and that's what I was doing, you know, whatever. Um, but now we do a lot, a lot more powerful, tangible things. Um, so a part of the grant is obviously we're buying the gifts that the kids want when you are in a situation like this, when, when you're the first thing to go is the kid's shit, right? <laughs> like if you're moving from the house to house, you're, here's the first things to go. And we also have some families that are re-emerging re from incarceration. So, um, they were like, I really want blankets or I really want sleeping bags. And I was like, what kind of sleeping bags do you want? And they're like, we don't have beds. So <laughs> just any kind of sleeping bag would be great. So we're like, no, we're going to buy you beds. So we're buying a whole family, um, a set of beds, you know, things that you truly need, things that are, that are expensive and that they wouldn't get, um, and that they weren't asking for, right? These are very humble gifts. We have a family that wanted school supplies, hoodies, and warm cozy socks. Um, and then we have people that are, that are, that need real medical equipment. I have a 23 year old girl with Parkinson's and a three year old, which is difficult in its own, um, who doesn't, who sleeps on her couch cause she has to sleep sitting up. Um, and so we bought her a hospital bed, whatever, here you go. Merry Christmas. Um, but the point is the gift is, is the gifts are separate from, um, the portion of it, um, from from the grant so we tie them together it really works out pretty nicely um we live in a world where beggars can't be choosers and a lot of these holiday grants are made to benefit the people that are putting them on right they're just not great toys they're not things that people are asking for they're not personalized they're not curated and more so they're not solving the issue at hand the reason that they need help for the holidays right um, a lot of times for a lot of people who are using our program, the holidays is just another reminder that they're poor and that their situation sucks. Um, and for a couple of our families, this may be their last Christmas. Every year we have a family, um, who unfortunately we don't see again, um, the next Christmas. And, and that's, you know, that's a lot. Um, but what's really great about about the grant is that we never have to look hard to find people in our community that are interested in donating or interested in being a part of it. Um, and I think that that speaks a lot to what the cannabis community is. Um, I'm sorry, I'm a babbler, but I appreciate this. Josie, uh, is there like a 
a wish list or something for these families that if people have things that they want to donate um, or people that have needs and they could ask for something and people have these things that they may not need anymore but are looking for a home for them for somewhere that it could go that it could be used is that something that exists or is this all it was just like donation based on pure monetary or people are donating actual items so it goes both ways right so i have 32 kids this year uh we started our shopping very early we started our fundraising back in october um we really knocked it out of the park this year um what i do is i go around and i try to find people like can i find somebody in your community um that really needs your support and we invest on it together right um but the response has been just astronomical right now at this point i have purchased most of the things on the gift list i am in need of a uh, a play kitchen for an eight-year-old girl um and i also am in need of this queen-size hospital bed which i um am about three to four hundred dollars short of comfortably securing um and with that being said our friends at Cureleaf donated a Cureleaf is uh, Herbology and Select brand. Um, I've been really generous with Sons and Daughters United this year, and they donated enough for us to put together some bomb um, gift cards and, and like holiday food baskets. We're also working with the Elks down here in Southwest Michigan to provide the food baskets down here. So it it's a little bit more. Once again, it's it's more than your average charitable thing. We've got a turkey and the milk and the butter and holiday breakfast and, and a holiday dinner and all the sides to go with it so i'm really thankful for our friends at the elks um for providing that and then also if you are around an herbology store or um if you're in lansing powas or calcasca you can get into boco um these are great places great venues to donate to sons and daughters united they're also doing matches for the entire month so give a dollar they give a dollar give a hundred they give a hundred um so make sure that's you where I'm, that's where i'm gonna go donate then there you go <laughs> that's that's awesome um josie it's we got to go we got to get together last friday and uh had some pizza and we got to go uh shopping and uh it was fun fun spending time with uh with uh with you again and uh i want to talk about what we got coming up next wednesday and josie's going to be on the show of course but we are doing uh the first annual cannabis gives back telethon first inaugural first annual whatever you want to call it it'll be back next year and it's it's really um brainchild of uh of nate over here at redemption and tom and um kevin uh, agreed to it quickly and what we're doing is we're having uh, a telethon from six to eight and you uh you can look in the comments or you can go to smoke and rope or uh, any of our facebook pages and and you can look at it and, and you can sign up but it's going to be um you know us with the smoke and rope it's going to be uh jamie uh, lowell and rick thompson with jazz cabbage and then michael Camorn with planet green trees and uh kind of three of uh three podcasts uh been around a lot cannabis ones we're all a little different we're all friends and we want to do this every year but the good news is um we, we're our goal is 20 grand and we're almost there we've just gotten going we're at 8500 you can donate in the donor page, uh, like in that link, and, and, and fill it out. And everyone that that donates, 
will uh, come on the show for a time slot. I can talk about whatever you want with us, and should be a lot of fun. Um, we will get to the 20. We'll probably surpass that, but you know, for the end of the year, uh, it's going to Great Lakes Expungement Network, Redemption Foundation, and Sons and Daughters United. So. Uh, three great uh, organizations, and we're excited about it. We're our, it's already a success, so we love uh, anyone listening. Uh, you know, hit it up. I know a lot of people listen on Spotify and and, uh, and iTunes. So you know, go go to the go. You can go to uh, Redemption uh, Facebook, uh, um, Smoking Roll Podcast, and uh, or reach out to me uh, as well. well. We'll get you signed up. So. We'll have a big push at the end of the week and get a lot more donors. So really excited about that and uh, what it's going to be. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about uh, before we wrap up? we got about five more minutes. And uh, I know Tom and Kevin hadn't had a chance to, to ask too many questions. Go ahead, Tom. Kevin. <laughs> or I will Josie what else do you want to talk about I've been about? asking questions along the way here that I have for Josie specifically but sorry oh, I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm going to put you on can hey Ryan do I have to come down here's a question do I have to come yeah. down to Lansing for this or can I remote in from you my can, uh, man cave you can remote in for sure we're going to be having um, um, I think Jamie and Rick are swinging up but we'll be doing it here and uh, we can do, be doing it together but everyone it's going to be Zoom uh, I'm just going to be on our, our, our Riverside platform so just like this and then we'll, we'll put it out on the podcast as well um, you know special edition and uh, we're real we're real excited about that should be a good time and, and see what we can do uh, each year you never know uh, uh, tune in live. We might have some special magic acts uh, or uh, brought to you by different uh, cannabis personalities and, and different things like that. So we're going to have a good time. Brisbo in the dunk tank. Come on, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I see Don in. Bailey in a dunk tank, man. I'll pay for that. And and tune in. I mean, there's going to be, uh, we'll have giveaways as well. We got different swag and some of the different uh, businesses are donating stuff for us to give away. So. Uh, it's for a great cause. If you donate, it's going to go to uh, expunging people's records. It's going to be going to helping people with, with uh, needs around Christmas, uh, loved ones in prison. It's going to go to uh, clemency, getting people out of jail, putting people on, money, on money's books. So all the different things that we're talking about, it's going to go to all that. And uh, just super excited uh, for uh, the way we finish this year, Josie, and then what we're going to be doing um, next year, as you know, I tell you, um, I'm, I'm learning as a, as a, as a person and a business owner, how to delegate and, and I'm going to have a lot more time to do a lot more things. So I think 2022 is going to be uh, a huge, huge year for, for the nonprofit ends in Michigan. And, uh, um, really excited about the momentum. So I wanted to, uh, before we go, I wanted to give, uh, Kevin and Tom, a chance to, uh, say goodbye. And, uh, this time, Tom, you go first. I know Kevin usually steals your thunder. Oh, man, well, probably so, because I, you know, I could probably just babble on and on. Josie, you're amazing. We love we love you, and just everything that you do is truly awesome. We need more people like you. Uh, looking forward to 2022 also, Ryan. Uh, <clears throat> same thing with delegating things around here. I've been trying to free myself up to do, to get the time to do, to you know, to give back. So I'm looking forward to next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'll see if I can make it downstate, but if not, I'll definitely be there and looking forward to seeing you guys again.
Yeah, if you make it down, if you make it down, there's a there's a steak dinner for you or whatever you want. So uh, on, uh, come on down. And bacon. Come on. And bacon. Yep. <laughs> Kevin. Yeah, Josie, uh, you know, when I got back here in uh, 2014 and started doing the legislative thing and, and seeing you at almost every one of the, uh, the events that we went to and, and seeing you grow sons and daughters into what you've, you've made it into and the uh, Great Lakes Expungement Network, it's, it's an honor to, 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 to call myself your friend and, and colleague in all of this. And um, I'm so grateful for all the hard work you've put in and, uh, and helping me and, and helping everybody else. Uh, you, you're so selfless in this, and uh, I think it's great. We need more people like you in this world. So uh, keep up uh, what you're doing, and uh, I wish you the best uh, th- uh, you know, Christmas, holiday, and, and New Year. And uh, look forward to 2022, and also look forward to, to seeing you next week on the show. Josie. Oh, my God. Did you hear that? <laughs> He's good. He's yeah. good. Is he yeah. like? I didn't realize he was just writing for Hallmark. That was amazing. I'm so <laughs> I feel like I needed this. I'm like, I'm really excited. I also want to just highlight that I do. If anyone in Muskegon owns a owns a dispensary or a cannabis company, um, and they wanna, I had a family approach me, 21 year old boy with autism. Um, very basic list. If you're looking for something to do this holiday season, hit me up. I can hook you up and also get you that tax deductible receipt. It's the end of the year. Um, I know 280 is hard, is hard on everybody, so feel free to donate to Ryan for Redemption or Sons and Daughters. Um, I think you guys are the shit. Thank you so much for having me on here. Um, take good advantage of my spread that I had laid out for photos. Never photographed it, right? Like we've done it for seven years and I do it for logistics, but. Thanks Pretty so much. Impressive. I appreciate this. Yeah, thanks for being on, Josie. It, and it's a, it's a, it's impressive. I know there's a lot, a lot more. Um, yeah, I don't know where you find the time. Uh, to be honest with you. So, thanks for, uh, for doing this, and you've been doing it as long as I know you. And uh, we're gonna see you next week, and probably uh, uh, quite a bit more on the show as well with all types of great updates. So, with that, uh, we'll see everybody next week for episode number 75 and also the uh, the telethon that uh, same night, Wednesday, from 6 to 8. Uh, sign up, donate if you want. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks, everyone. The Smoke and Rope Podcast is produced and hosted by me, Ryan Basor, the owner of Redemption Cannabis. Have ideas for episode topics or would like to be a guest on the show? Contact us at ryanb at redemptioncana.com. Thanks for being along for the journey.